my main goal in everything that I do as a coach to athletes, as the writer of the Morning Shakeout newsletter, as the host of this podcast, I want to show people what's possible for themselves through the lens of running. So if you listen to a conversation that I have for the podcast with someone that you've never heard of, I hope that on some level they help you to see what's possible through the lens of running, through their own experience that may or may not apply to your life or may help you connect the dots in some way. And it's not going to click the same way for everyone, obviously, but more often than not, they take something away from that episode that shows them what's possible, whether in their own life, maybe for one of their loved ones, for their children, for athletes that they coach. And I mean, that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Shakeout Podcast. I'm your guest host, Chris Douglas. And on the other side of the mic, for a very special episode this week, we have Mario Faroli. This is episode 200 of the podcast, a huge milestone for the show. And we're excited to have the creator, producer, publisher, writer of the hit <laughs> newsletter and podcast, Mario Faroli, on the show. That's an amazing introduction. I <laughs> didn't even pay you to say that, but thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on my own podcast. Yeah, so we're doing something different. We're definitely celebrating 200 episodes. It's a huge milestone. It's a lot of work, week in, week out. I think that anyone who's been listening to the show knows how much energy and effort you put into every single episode. So we figured for this one, we would do something a little bit different, and I'm going to interview you and just do a little walk down memory lane talk about how the show has been going, how you think it's going to go in the future, and just kind of see where we go from there. That sounds good. I mean, you are the host, and I don't want to hijack uh, your role yeah, I'm asking from the you. questions but, here. <laughs> but did you prep for this? How did you prep for this? I prepped for this. So, you know, I'm the host of my own little podcast as well. So um, on my run this morning, actually, I was running through a couple of questions that I wanted to ask and, and just kind of following my own curiosity as someone who's read every single newsletter since day one and has been sort of on some level kind of co-producer of the show on mm -hmm. the sponsorship side for a long time. So there's definitely questions I, I have. I want answers to. And I think uh, as a fan of the show, I think that um, listeners will enjoy it as well. All right. Well, I will keep my mouth shut. I will let you do your thing. If I can assist you at any point, oh, thank you. please let me know. But uh, I am happy to hand over the reins to Chris Douglas. Yeah. So we have a couple sponsors that we should talk about before we get into the show. The first one is Tracksmith. Longtime sponsor of the Morning Shakeout. First ever sponsor yeah. of the Morning Shakeout. Really grateful for all their support over the years. I mean, if you've been listening to the show long enough, you've heard this before. I mean, Tracksmith is an independent running brand based in Boston, inspired by a deep love for the sport. Everything that they do from the products that they make to the experiences that they cultivate to the content that they produce has resonated with me from day one. Right now, their spring collection is available and it features staples that are thoughtfully designed for this season of hard training. And the piece that I would like to highlight, I've talked about the Reggie half tights in the mm -hmm. past. They're great. 
I have a couple pairs of those lined and unlined. But for me, the session shorts are the other piece of apparel that I'm wearing multiple times per week. They come in five and seven inches, I believe. So I'd say that's medium length and long uh, <laughs> for those of you scoring at home. I'm personally a big fan of the, the five inches. I wear them for everything from easy runs to long runs, track workouts. They're super lightweight. They're very, very versatile. Um, I mean, and, and a good pair of running shorts should last you a few years. And I think my first pair of session shorts I think I've got two or three of them at this point. I got like when they came out maybe like three years ago and they're good as new. I mean, they really, really hold up well. They're incredible in a variety of weather conditions, hot days in the summertime. I mean, we don't get very cold days here in the Bay Area over the wintertime, so I'm wearing them most of the winter. But session shorts, I mean, you could wear them for everything from easy runs to long runs anything in between race day if you want they got a nice zipper pocket in the back you can check those out at tracksmith.com and the last thing i'll say about tracksmith we are going to be there this week um this episode is coming out on monday on friday april 15th i will be at the track house hosting an amateur press conference which is going to be live streamed so pay attention for details on that and then on saturday the 16th at 9 a.m at the track house it's 285 newbury street in boston i will lead the morning shakeout we will go for three four easy miles along the river It'll be super casual we will hang out at the track house afterward. There'll be coffee. Um, maybe there'll be some breakfast items there, but we can just, you know, sit there and get to know each other a little bit better. So if you're going to be in Boston for Marathon Weekend, please join us at the track house Friday night. If you have got your ticket already, I believe that event is uh, sold out. It doesn't cost anything, but I think all 40 tickets have been reserved. But the run on Saturday morning, 9 a.m., it is open to everyone. So come join us at the track house if you're going to be in Boston. I love it. I love it. Oh, one more thing. If you are going to buy anything off of tracksmith.com, <laughs> I should say, use the code Mario22 at checkout and you'll get free shipping on your order and 5% of your purchase will go to the Tracksmith Foundation, which is the organization that I've chosen to be my beneficiary. And that is going to help create more opportunities for people to take part in track and field, which I think is a life-changing sport. It's certainly changed my life. And I'm really proud that anyone who uses that code, that a percentage of their purchase will go to help other people experience all that track and field has to offer. That's great. That's great. Our next sponsor is Precision Fuel and Hydration, one of my favorites. Yeah, another... Uh, longtime sponsor of the morning shakeout when they started sponsoring the morning shakeout they were just called precision hydration but mm -hmm. now they have fueling products in addition to their top class hydration products i have been using their hydration products for many years at this point i started using their fueling products last year when they launched um, they have a range of gels and chews now in addition to their electrolyte replacement drink mixes and it's great stuff. I mean, I'm not training for anything long right now, so I'm using this stuff mostly in training. But, I mean, everyone sweats differently. The amount of fuel that we require varies depending on factors like how long we're going to be out, how hard we're going to be going. So there's no one-size-fits-all approach to this stuff. And this is where the folks at Precision Fuel and Hydration really separate themselves. You can go to their website, and they have a free online sweat test that you can take 
and this quick carb calculator so you can understand your own fluid electrolyte and carbohydrate needs during training and racing and then taking that information you can then pick the products that are going to be appropriate to you and the specific demands of your training and racing i can't stress enough how important this is uh, as we get into the spring racing season here over these next few months and they also offer a free consultation that you can find on precisionfuelandhydration.com you can talk to an actual human being and go over you know the the results of that you know sweat test the quick carb calculator they'll help you to dial in the products that you need and that's just a i mean that that's just an amazing service there's no other company in this space yeah. that is offering that for you so definitely take advantage of it and if you go to precisionfuelandhydration.com as a listener of the show you can get 15 percent off of your first order of products using the code tms22 that's capital t capital m capital s 22 when you check out at precisionfuelandhydration.com great deal i love it i love them they're a great company and they they're just the best well, should we get into this? You're the boss, man. I'm just Ready here to answer questions. All right. So first question, what's the meaning of life? Just kidding. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start that to a philosophy major <laughs> of all people. Let's start, that, let's start off with something lighter. So, so we've hit 200 episodes of the show. I mean, what, what, what are you feeling? What are your emotions? I mean, did you ever imagine that, that this thing would reach 200 Yes and no. I mean, not that specific number, but when I started the podcast in December of 2017, I'd already had the newsletter going for about two years at that point. The podcast felt like a natural extension of what I was already doing through the newsletter, and it was something that I was and still am excited about. And what I said then, and I'll say it now, is I'm going to keep doing this till I am no longer interested in, in doing it. So um, for me, it's just it's part of what I do every week is I have these conversations and then I put them out and share them with people and I love doing it and I take a lot away from these conversations I know that listeners do as well and for me it's really following my curiosity so I guess when I when I stop being curious about hearing from people that I want to learn more about or learn from or hear their stories then I'll stop doing it but there was never any design from the beginning that, oh, I'll do 10 episodes and see, and see how it happens. goes. Yeah, exactly. It was like, I'm, I'm going to do this as long as it's interesting to me. And here we are, I mean, four years later, a little over four years later, and it's still very interesting well, to me. Well, let's, let's, let's drill down a little bit more into that because I know before you started the podcast, you were vacillating a little bit. You, you thought it was a good idea, but you didn't, didn't put it out for a while. And then when you finally did, I mean, it was almost like a, like, there was like a, you just turned a, turned a switch and you're like, mm -hmm. all right, I'm a podcaster now. So let me do this to the best of my abilities. Let's get really interesting conversations. Let's get great guests. I mean, what was it? Was it as straightforward as that? Or was it like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to try to do this and this with this intentionality to it. More the latter, um, a mix of, mix of both of those things, but more the latter. I knew that I could do it. I knew that I had the chops to launch the podcast. I'd worked at Competitor Magazine for six years freelancing prior to that. I'd done a lot of interviewing. It's always been my favorite part of working in this media space. I had just started getting into podcasts myself as a listener in 2016. And there 
were and still are a lot of great running podcasts out there, but I couldn't find the one that I wanted to listen to. So I went about and created it myself because I knew that I could do it. And I knew that I had the connections within the sport to athletes, coaches, people who work in the industry that I wouldn't have too much trouble getting guests early on. Uh, and that's a, that's a major part of it. If you come into this space without any experience or recognition, it's going to be hard to get recognizable people on the show. And I'd interviewed a lot of these people before, but they were short interviews and they were usually very like topical in, in nature. And I wanted to have the expanded conversations that the show has become known for. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of that, but I wanted to do it well. I wanted the yeah. quality to be really high. I knew that I wasn't going to get it perfect. I still don't have it perfect by any stretch, but I, I knew that I, I, it was going to take some time to, to like find its stride, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. But I wanted the quality to be really high. I knew that over time I would grow and evolve as an interviewer. The structure of the show has grown and evolved over that time. I mean, the, the equipment that I'm using has grown <laughs> and evolved over that time. But even early on, I mean, I didn't have sponsors for the podcast. I had no idea about any of the equipment, but I knew that I needed a dedicated microphone. I spent hours upon hours figuring out how to do remote interviews because that's how I started. Eventually, I upgraded to the kit that we're using now to do these in-person conversations because I, I realized at one point that those conversations were, were different. Um, just being across from someone like we are now, it's a different conversation. And they're also harder to coordinate. <laughs> um, yeah. Just just getting someone in the same place at the same time as you. But I was traveling a lot pre-pandemic. I was at a lot of events. Again, I had those connections. So I was trying to set as many interviews up as I could while, while I was on the road and really just tried to make the show as good as it could be from day one, knowing that it could always get a little bit better. And as time has gone on, as circumstances in the world have have changed um i had to go back to doing more remote interviews and realize oh those can still be really good i upgraded my setup at home to keep the audio quality of those conversations as high as possible now that we're kind of coming out of the worst stages of the pandemic trying to get back to doing more in-person conversations and yeah, I mean, it's a, a very like long and, and rambling answer, but I mean, from the beginning, I knew that I wanted to produce a high quality show featuring conversations that you weren't likely to hear elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think probably people under 30 won't know what I'm talking about, but I always joked with you, it's like you have a very deep Rolodex, and if you don't know what that is, Google it, but you know, when you start a show like this and you're someone who's worked a competitor and you do have this really deep Rolodex, like what was the response from people that you're reaching out to being like, hey, I'm starting this podcast you want to be on. It's going to be sort of a long form conversation, different than what's out there. When you were getting these these OG guests, like what, what was their response to you asking them? Most of them were along the lines of, yes, I'd love to do it. And that was really validating in a way. I think it spoke to the relationships that I had built and the strength of the relationships that I had built and the level of trust that I had gained from many of these people. And again, I was very intentional about my 
early guests. And if you go through those first 10 episodes, Scott Fobble was mm -hmm. the first episode. Meb Kofleski was in the first 10. Shalane Flanagan was in the first 10. Rich Roll was in the first 10. I mean... Des Linden. <laughs> Des Linden was within the first 10. I mean, it feels so long ago at, at this point, but I was very intentional about the people that I reached out to because, number one, I wanted to have these longer conversations with them that I hadn't been able to have before. And I was just really delighted that they were they were up for having it. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, I was still trying to figure a lot of things out. If you go back and listen to those first 10 episodes, there is no music. <laughs> there is no introduction. It is Des Linden, welcome to the Morning Shakeout podcast. And we got right into it. And on some level, I kind of missed that because it was really simple. Mm -hmm, uh, you mm -hmm. just got into it and there was nothing else. But as the show has grown and as I've gotten feedback from listeners and as I've just evolved as a podcast host, the the show has had to take a different form. And I've experimented with different things, some of them very subtle, others more uh, substantial mm -hmm. changes. But I mean, that's anything in life, um, you know, as, yeah, as, you, as you go along. <laughs> yeah, I mean, things things are going to just just grow and, and evolve. And, and the format of the show certainly has. But you know, the original intention is is still the same. I want to have long-form conversations with people that I am interested in learning about, learning from, hearing their stories, so on and so forth. So let's talk about that that evolution a little bit. I think anyone who's, who's a fan of the show has listened to multiple episodes over the years. You know, they, they can see the evolution, they can hear it, um, and the sound quality and the interviews and, and everything else. But is there anything about that evolution that sort of surprised you? Um, whether it was in feedback from listeners or just in your approach and just how you developed as an interviewer? Well, early on, I overprepared for a lot of the interviews. I would spend many hours researching the guests, listening to whatever other podcasts they've been on, reading interviews that they'd done with different outlets. A lot of them I knew quite a bit about anyway, but when I overprepared, I was less curious going into the conversation because I'd answered a lot of my own questions. So as time has gone on, and I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want it to come across the wrong way, but I've stopped over-preparing for interviews. I mean, I probably spend about an hour tops, I would say, prepping for each conversation. And the way that I prep is different than the way that I prep now is different than it was early on. Early on, I would fill notebooks <laughs> of, uh, with information and with questions that I, that I wanted to ask. And I don't do that anymore. Now, I don't go looking for anything from the guest. I just write down off, off the top of my head, but I spend time thinking about it, but without like doing any extra research, like what topics I want to cover. They're not specific questions, but it's like, boom, 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 boom. Um, mm -hmm. These are things that I would like to hit on during this conversation. And I don't have them in front of me when I'm talking. I don't have questions written out, but they're there in the back of my head. So that way I'm one, fully engaged in the conversation. I can listen. And if I hear something that is interesting and I want to follow up on, I, 
I can do that in the moment. And one of the results of that is we have these kind of long meandering conversations. But in the back of my head, I have these topics that I know I want to hit on. So if we come to a dead end or it's time to transition to something else, I already have an idea of where I want to go. Because when you're doing this and you're in the host seat, and I think if you're doing your job well, which involves listening, you also have to be thinking ahead. So I'm listening, trying to be as present as as I can. I think I've gotten better at that, but I've also gotten better at thinking ahead to where I want to go next. If they've said something that, okay, I'm going to follow up on this right away, or, okay, I think we're coming to a dead end here. It's time to pivot and go in another direction. Interesting. So, and do you think do you think some of that comes from just confidence as an interviewer with the format, just sort of comfortable in your own skin, like you're obviously an expert interviewer, and you can sort of take a conversation and sort of go go where you you need it to go to keep it interesting and, and keep following your curiosity. Yeah, I think a lot of it's just getting reps in, and the more interviews I've done, the more comfortable I've gotten with that approach, but. I've also just, I, I've just noticed I'm much more engaged in a conversation when I don't have a sheet of questions in front of me, when I'm not looking over at a screen to see what I'm going to ask next. Because if I'm doing that, then I'm not paying attention to the right. guests. And I think as an astute listener, you can tell when that's happening in a show. You could tell when a host has their list of questions that they're just going through, you know, boom, 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 boom. Um, they're not listening to to what the guest is is yeah. saying. Um, and and I've certainly just noticed that in the moment. It, it, it's a lot easier, honestly, um, because then I'm just like, all right, I'm not worried about what's on the screen. I'm just looking right. at my guests and I'm really listening and I'm really engaged and fully focused in, in this conversation. And I mean, look, I can get easily distracted like anyone else, but I never feel more present than I do when I'm sitting across from someone like we are now engaged in a in a conversation because the phone is away. There's no dings. I mean, the laptop is off or close. I'm not I'm not looking at it. Um, and I mean, I've definitely noticed that shift over the years because early on, I'd be like, all right, I can make sure that I, I like ask this question, and then I just don't feel like I'm quite as engaged in the conversation. So I think I've definitely gotten a lot better at that over time. So let's talk about some of these conversations. I mean, 200 episodes, that's, that's a lot of interviews. Are there some that sort of, that you think are super memorable to you, whether in just the timing of it, the content, or just the personality that you were interviewing? Yeah. I mean, there there are a lot. It's a lot um, to pick from. <laughs> it is tough to pick from. I've said this before. I mean, the interview that I did in 2018 with Frank Gagliano is still to this day, the most memorable conversation that I've recorded. That was in person. It was at his house in Rye, New York. He is someone that I had not met in person prior to that conversation. We'd corresponded in setting it up. I knew a lot of athletes that he'd coached over the years. I'd followed his career just as a coach and a fan of the sport. He had never done a podcast before. I had to explain to him what a, a podcast was. And it was just the most amazing conversation. And maybe some of that is his age. I mean, he was 82 at the time of, of that conversation. And there was a lot of wisdom that he had to impart, stories that he had to tell, memories that he was sifting through. It got emotional. And I didn't expect that. I mean, to yeah. 
be in a room with an 82 year old man that you just met and have him crying right in front of you is is quite a is quite an experience um i left that conversation got back on the train to go to new york and i was just typing notes into my phone for myself uh just just like life lessons that he had imparted upon me in that conversation that i did not i mean i could go back and listen to it if i wanted to but that were just top of mind and fresh and i did not want to forget and i can't remember another conversation that i've come out of where that's happened so that one certainly sticks out um another one more recently so maybe this is some recency bias but i just had phil shin on yeah, the podcast that was a heavy one who's not really well known in terms of his athletic accomplishments but he has an incredible story in that he is battling liver cancer still battling liver cancer even though he's technically been cancer free for the last couple of years that was a two plus hour conversation phil and i had corresponded via email before that but had not met in person that's one that sticks out to me because of timing so we had this conversation and a few days later i was going to the way too cool 50k to support athletes that I had racing there. And he was going there to run the Way Too Cool 50K. So we met in person a few days after we recorded that conversation. Pure coincidence. But I also, I'm like, that had to be meant to be. I mean, not to get all woo-woo and yeah. stuff. But I was like, that that's just like, that's wild. But we had this conversation. We really connected. He was incredibly open and vulnerable during that conversation. He rendered me speechless at one yeah. point of it by telling me a story of when he was in a low place and listened to another memorable episode that, that I had with Gabe and Justin Grunwald. And that helped pull him out of a dark place and got him involved with the Brave Like Gabe Foundation. He's raised a lot of money for them. And now he sits on their board. <laughs> I had Amazing. no idea until he told me in that moment. I think he had been holding on to that piece of information for the right time. And that was apparently the, the right time. And I mean, go, go and listen to the conversation. I, I speechless now, like talking yeah, about it. It's a... Um, it was, it was just like, that was like, you know, quite, quite a moment. Um, and we weren't in person for that one. That was right. recorded remotely. Um, trying to think i mean there there have just been so many i almost have to go and look at a lineup of episodes to rekindle my memory sure. a little bit um because as much as a lot of these conversations stick out at some point they do start to blend together i mean if i think about the number of hours of conversation i've had just for the podcast i mean this is episode 200 at minimum yeah, average an hour and a half yeah episode. i mean a, a few of them are less than an hour most are minimum an hour several an hour and a half and quite a few over two hours so we're talking like easily over 200 hours of conversation if not 300 plus i've never completely totaled it um some of it does like you know tend to tend to blend together i've had some repeat guests on there yeah. we've had uh, some really good conversations shalane flanagan being one of them des linden being another scott fobble has come on twice now um alephine tuliamook i've had on 
a couple times. Yeah, fan and, favorite Ken Rideout. Ken Rideout, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, an athlete that I that I coach and who's going to be running Boston here um, in not too long. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard. I'd, I'd have to like pull up the list, which for the purpose of this part of the conversation, might as well. <laughs> so I'll just look at it. Might as well do it. I mean. End of last year, I had George Hershon, who's mm-hmm. the chairman of the board at New York Roadrunners, former publisher of Runner's World magazine. We had a wonderful conversation remotely over an hour and a half. He's 87 years old. We talked about his career, but talked a lot about life. And he talked about how running for him still something that he does um, in his late 80s and just how it helps him to relieve stress and it reminds him that he's still alive. And I mean, how fortunate am I to get to have these conversations with these people? It's, it's really something else. I mean, I've even had friends of mine on Brad Stuhlberg is mutual friend of both of ours. Good friend of mine. I've known him for almost 10 years now. It's been incredible to see how his career has taken off. He's authored, three books now mm-hmm. one on his own two with steve magnus i've had brad on three times the only three time <laughs> guest on the podcast and he shared his story in depth with me i've learned things about him that i didn't know but he has also shared his expertise as a coach and as an expert on health and human performance that listeners have taken so much away from i mean they're some of the most listened to episodes that i've had for the podcast over the past yeah four plus years at at this point um i was actually thinking back on the way over here to episode 100 another like milestone episode if you will and that was with laura schmidt who was a longtime coach at Redwood High School here in Marin County. I still I had coffee with her a few weeks ago. I mean, I still keep in touch with many of the guests that I have on the show, which is another like perk of the job, so to speak. You develop these relationships and strengthen them over time. That came out just before the pandemic shut everything down. That was end of February yep. 2020. So I was thinking about, wow, it's been 100 episodes since then and it was right after that that things shifted for everyone i mean as far as this podcast goes again like i went from recording many of them in person which i did for that episode to recording remotely and then you know trying to figure out how to keep this thing going through the pandemic i'm like wow that was like two plus years ago um time flies in some ways and it also feels like forever ago on another level um so yeah, I mean those are those are just a few. I mean the pandemic itself when we were at the height of it and people weren't traveling, it was actually easier to get some guests. I had some right, guests right. on the podcast in 2020, early 2021 that quite honestly, maybe I would have had on eventually someday, but because they weren't traveling and didn't have as much to do, maybe. They were open to having conversations. Killian Jornet is one that <laughs> jumps out to me. I mean, never in my wildest dreams did I think that arguably the world's most recognizable endurance athlete would be willing to sit down with me for an hour and have a conversation. He was like, sure, I'd love to. But he was also at home in 
Norway because the world was shut down. He had time on his hands. Right. I also had a number of college coaches on during that time. My own college coach, Karen Bowen from Stonehill. I had on Gary Town from Chico State. Mike Smith from Northern Arizona University. These are very busy people. I mean, college mm -hmm. coaching is not a profession for everyone. It does not stop. <laughs> I mean, it is year round. I mean, you've got cross country in the fall. You've got track in the spring and summer, um, track in the winter time. You might get a few weeks of break over the summer, but their seasons were canceled. They weren't with their teams. And... I was glad and fortunate to take advantage of those opportunities and get to have conversations with folks who don't do a lot of podcasts because they don't have a lot of time. Diljeet Taylor from BYU yeah. is another one. Yep. That's another conversation that just really, I was like, wow, um, like she's incredible. Mm -hmm. And there's no wonder she has such great teams. She cares so much about her athletes and just to make connections, she is a Frank Gagliano disciple, basically. Gags <laughs> coached her and told her to look into coaching when she was training with his group after college. I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's been an incredible journey. And, and to talk it out like this and to, I mean, I've connected some of these dots in my own head, but like kind of connect some of these dots. It's like, man, I mean, what a, you know. Well, I mean, it's the, the enthusiasm. I'm sure listeners can just can hear it in their ears or whatever format they're listening to this because it's, um, you know, you just get really animated when you're talking about it. And, you know, especially when you're talking about coaches and stuff, how has your coaching sort of evolved from having these conversations with, with amazing coaches and just these personalities in the sport that you look up to? I say this, and I was going to say half jokingly, but it, it's not really a joke. This is the honest to God truth. It's continuing education for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. I realize how much of a privilege it is to be able to call up not only these coaches, athletes, and others as well because of the platform I have and ask them if they'd like to have a conversation with me and have them willingly say yes to it because not everyone can do that. And sit down with Frank Gagliano and learn about the journey that he's been on in coaching, to do that with Mike Smith, to do that with Diljeet Taylor, to do that with my own college coach, Karen Bowen, with Gary Town, with Terrence Mahan, with Greg McMillan, Dina Evans. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. And I personally learned so much from them. I mean, and again, I'm following my curiosity and I'm asking them the questions that I've always wanted to ask these people. And I have the opportunity to. Um, and for me personally, as a coach, it's amazing because it's helped me to learn and grow myself. In some cases, it's validated things that I have long thought to hear people that I respect and who have been at this longer than me say the same thing and say, yeah, that's the, that's the right approach or that's an approach that's, that's worked for me. The real gift of it all, and I feel like my responsibility as a fellow coach, but as the host of this podcast, is then I get to share these conversations. I mean, it would be incredibly selfish of me. It is selfish of me to ask these coaches to come on the podcast and share their story, share their philosophies with, with me. But I also like to think it's a little less selfish that I am then sharing this with others. I mean, a big percentage of 
the show's listenership is coaches um, at all levels. I mean, mm-hmm. youth, high school, college, and beyond. A lot of the coaches I've had on the podcast have told me they've listened to the show and learn from other coaches that I've, I've had on there, which, I mean, that is one, a compliment, but it's like, wow, like we are all in this together. It is a very small world and we can learn from one another. And I mean, I have more than just coaches on, but as a coach myself, that's how I spend most of my, my working time. I mean, on some level, this podcast is continuing education for me. Um, but I also hope that I am doing the coaching profession, a bit of a service by then sharing these conversations. So I'm not keeping all of this stuff to Mm -hmm, myself. It's out there for everyone to listen to, learn from and apply in their own situation. Yeah. And I think even beyond that, yeah, like coaches getting a lot of value from this, but I think as people who might not be so in tune with the running space, I mean, a lot of your guests, I've never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I don't know who Frank Agliano was, but I listened to that conversation. I'm like, I'm so happy that I, I got to listen to this. And I wonder, do you do you hear back from from listeners of just being like, you know, I, well, an episode that comes to mind was your conversation with Camila Journey, which was timely. It was relevant. I had no idea who she was. Afterwards, I was so glad I, I knew I was so glad that I discovered who she was. And I was just so happy that you had that conversation. Have you had experiences like that from listeners or or, you know, heard from fans that just like. So glad you had this person on, had no idea they existed. And now I'm so, I feel enriched because this conversation happened. Oh, all the time. I mean, and, and that's the best feedback I could get, honestly. It always puts a smile on my face when I hear that. And I've said this before, but my main goal in everything that I do as a coach to athletes, as the writer of the Morning Shakeout newsletter, as the host of this podcast, I want to show people what's possible for themselves through the lens of running. So if you listen to a conversation that I have for the podcast with someone that you've never heard of, I hope that on some level they help you to see what's possible through the lens of running, through their own experience that may or may not apply to your life or may help you connect the dots in some way. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, one of the goals, um, because you can't expect to know everyone that I, I have on. And now that the show is very established again, like early on, I was very intentional about the guests that I brought on the show in the first 10 episodes, because I knew that was going to get the show some recognition. I mean, they're incredible guests in their, their own right, but they're higher profile. They're recognizable people. And people are more apt to listen to those conversations when they know who the guest is and the show is new and they're trying to figure out what it's about. Mm -hmm. Over time, as the show has established itself, it continues to come out consistently. Listeners tune into the show regularly. Now they'll see a name like Phil Shin pop up and say, I have no idea who that is, but... I've been listening to this show long enough to know that there's a reason Mario brought this person on the podcast and I'm going to listen to that conversation. And more often than not, I mean, it's not going to click the same way for everyone, obviously, but more often than not, they take something away from that episode that shows them what's 
possible, whether in their own life, maybe for one of their loved ones, for their children, for athletes that they coach. And I mean, that's that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, you know, that kind of brings us up to the present. We're at episode 200. Looking forward to sort of like the next 200, especially if it's the next 200 episodes. Maybe that's a little too, uh, too grandiose, but, um, well, I'm not thinking of it that way. I mean, it goes back to what we we're saying at the very beginning. Yeah. I'm going to continue doing this as long as I'm curious and as long as I want to hear from people. So we very well may get to another 200. I mean, I, I hope we do because I love doing this and I love following my my curiosity but I think as with a lot of things in life I mean you can't get too ahead of yourself I'm, right. I'm just focused on the next episode um, and that's I mean I think that's just a, you know that's that's an approach that's worked for me is to just like not get too far ahead of myself just try to be as present as possible and you know don't think about the the next thing until you've done the current thing that's great that's great um, you know, 200 episodes isn't the only major milestone that's happening. <laughs> Pretty soon you're going to be turning 40. Yes. going to turn, become a master. Next month. Next month. And, uh, you know, I know you've mentioned before how that's sort of rejuvenating. It feels, you know, maybe rejuvenating isn't the right word because we're all getting older, but um, your passion for running now that you're in a, this different category is sort of, has been sparked. Um how do you think that's going to translate into the show? That's a good question. I don't know for sure yet. One thing I can say is much like I described how talking to these coaches is continuing education for me. As I'm getting older, I'm more interested to hear from older runners to learn how I can keep this enjoyable and sustainable for the long term. I mean, I can definitely see having more of those conversations for the podcast because that's something I'm personally curious about and interested in. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's exciting stuff. I mean, having been associated with the show Three years, almost four years. At least three, if not. At least, yeah. Four. I can't remember four. when we official. Uh, I can't remember when we made our relationship official. Yeah, um, but it's been at least three, if not four years. You know, and just and just sort of being a fly on the wall and seeing the process and seeing you evolve as um, you know, business owner as a as a interviewer um, has been really great to see. And I'll say, you know, I'm sure I'm speaking for a lot of listeners that. Um, you know, congratulations to getting to 200 and keep it up, man. A lot of people love this show and, you know, I consider myself lucky to be a part of it. Well, thank you. Um, that means a lot to me coming from you. Thank you for being a huge part of it because as the show has grown and evolved, it's taken on sponsorship, which is the main way that it's able to stay sustainable and that's a part-time job in and of itself. I mean, just yes, yes it managing <laughs> managing those relationships and um, you know figuring out the the schedule and the calendar and what's going to fit where and all of those things. So thank you for all of your help with that because I don't like doing that stuff. Uh, it is not something that I'm good at. It makes me very very uncomfortable. But you, in filling that role it's allowed me to focus on what it is I do enjoy doing and what I think I'm best at. And that is 
asking the questions and mm-hmm. and hosting the show. And I mean, they're not here, but while we're at it, thank you to John Summerford. He has produced every episode of the Morning Shakeout. His fingerprint podcast. is on everything <laughs> from the first episode with Scott Fobble. And I'll tell this story. I dilly dallied on releasing the podcast for a while. I knew I was going to do it. I kicked around the idea for a while. I bought the microphone. I, th- I think I bought the microphone, no no joke, like at least a year, maybe wow. a year and a half before I released the first episode to the point where Christine was like, why did you buy that thing? <laughs> and I was like, no, I swear to God, I'm going to use it. And it just took me a while to, you know, put the pieces together and, and get things off the ground. But with that first episode, I had done the interview with Scott Fobble. We recorded it over Skype. I did it on my old Blue Yeti microphone, which I think is probably 95% of first-time podcasters' first microphone. Um, And I had this audio file, and I had no idea what to do with it. And I spent a little bit of time messing around in GarageBand trying to figure out how to tighten up some pauses or cut out small sections where either myself or Scott had restarted the question or, or the answer. And it was just really frustrating. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. And I was like, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I am the one who is preventing this episode from going out into the world. I need some help. And I went on Upwork and I posted a job. It was like basic podcast editing. I had a very minimal budget. It might have been, not even kidding, like 25 bucks or something like that. And the way that Upwork works is way it used to work. I don't know. I haven't used it basically since I brought John on. Like it worked, so you don't need it anymore. (laughs) But I posted this job and people apply for the job. And they essentially write a cover letter telling me about themselves and their experience and why they want to work on this project. And John actually did that. I mean, there are a lot of content farms on there. It's like, I could do, I could do this edit and turn it around in like three hours. Mm -hmm. And John wrote me this letter saying, I used to run cross country in high school, I've been away from running for a few years. I have experience editing audio, learning more about video. I think I can do this for you. And I actually had posted in the job description the file that needed to be worked on. And he took the file and he said, here is you know, what you sent me, the raw file, and here's what I did to it. I mastered it. I edited this little part. It was like a three minute clip. And I was like, man, I'm like, that's impressive. That's my guy. And he ran cross country and he clearly put a lot of thought into it. And not long after that, we took our relationship off of Upwork, but he has been the producer of this podcast from day one. And he is the reason it sounds as good as it does week in and week out. He made the music for it himself he and his brother and i think another bandmate recorded the music for the morning shakeout because that was another thing that i got hung up on early on and i got over that and was like just release the podcast don't worry about the music or the introduction like just put out the interview if the interview is is good enough people will listen to it and they'll come back and you can figure that stuff out later good friend of mine mark driscoll gave me that advice early on But John helped to give the show some structure over time. And I really value his input. He created the music himself. And 
the show would not be where it is today without John Summerford. So shout out to him. And then also shout out to Jeff Stern, who has been helping me on the social media side of things for, I think, about two years now, maybe a little bit over two years. And just another thing that I don't like to do, I don't think I'm very good at, Jeff is. He manages the Twitter and Instagram account. He is the person who is telling everyone on those platforms about these episodes every week. He is the one who is resharing what listeners are posting on social media, what some of the guests are posting on social media, and he does a heck of a job managing all of that. So big shout out to Jeff Stern, social media manager for The Morning Shakeout. We have a small team, but this show would not be what it is without the three of you. So thank you very much, Chris, John, yeah. and Jeff. Well, on behalf of John and Jeff, thank you for you know doing what you do and I'm sure I speak for them when I say that we're, you know, happy to help and it's 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 been great to be part of the journey. So so thank you for that and I think with that I think uh I think you're off the hot seat. Well, I'm just going to like flip the table no, right now. I can't no. help myself <laughs> because it is it is my show. So I yeah. am going to ask a couple questions, but I mean, you have listened to every episode of the Morning Shakeout podcast. You've read every issue of the newsletter. What's your favorite episode or what has been the most impactful episode or I hate asking all these questions in succession um, breaking a lot of my own rules here what has been like the most surprising episode to you that I've put out over the past four plus years you know it's it's I think like you in many ways like all the episodes kind of blur together and I think what I what I remember most about it are just sort of themes and I think and this is what I what I tell to potential sponsors of the show and when I you know when I'm representing you out in the world is you know what I always value is there's just such a high level of integrity and respect and I feel like when you say something people are listening and if something's happening in the running world I mean I text you all the time be like hey did you hear about this because you're the opinion that I care about. And I think there's a lot of people out there who sort of trust what you're going to say because you're a straight shooter and you're always really consistent and you have a high moral, you know, <laughs> high moral bar. And yeah, so so when, when I listen to it and when I read it, you know, that's always what I what I seem to pull out of it. And besides the fact that we're both philosophy majors in college, there's a little bit of connection there. Um you know, for for me, the, my favorite conversations are also the ones where I've never heard of this person before. Like, who is this guy or, or woman? Um, but uh, yeah, I would say of recent memory, Phil Shin. I mean, that that episode is just is just intense. As someone who runs his own cancer nonprofit, mm -hmm. um, TeamCancerSucks.org. If anyone wants to check that out, um, you know, just just that story in that format was just so powerful and. If, if, you haven't if you're listening to this you haven't heard that finish this episode and immediately download that one and listen to it um but yeah i would say and sort of in the old school i also agree i mean, remember after you recorded the frank gagliano interview you were, you texted me we we're talking you were su super stoked on it you're like oh this was so great and we had a whole conversation about it and 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 I had no idea who he was, but going into listening to that episode with sort of the the patina that you put on it for yeah. me was was really interesting. And, and I feel like I got a lot out of that episode, not just from Frank, but also knowing how much you enjoyed that conversation, just put like another sort of level on it. Um, and I, I say that, that's kind of how, how, how I see it. I mean, the newsletter, again, reading it every week, it's almost like, and I 
I'm sure I'm speaking for a lot of our of your listeners and readers is that it's sort of it's a little window into your life. That's why I think the AMA episodes are super popular mm-hmm. and people people want to hear from you. And I'm sure when people see that this episode that where you're the guest, they're going to be super stoked on it. And you know, it's been long enough, and and it's not like you haven't been an open book. You've been very transparent. You've been very direct about your struggles and eating disorders and addiction to social media, like all these things. And and it's just, it's so refreshing to just have that, to have you put it out there, which I'm sure it isn't easy, but, um, but it just creates a lot of trust and respect. Um, and that's, that's what I always take from it. So regardless of the guests, whether I like him or not, heard of him or not, I'm listening to it because, and I'm sure we talked about this before, if you're interviewing them, there is a reason there and it's my job or, you know, willingly to sort of figure out what that reason was. And the way you figure it out is by listening to it or reading in the newsletter. So, so in that respect, it's, you know, that journey, um, it's just, it's just part of my weekly routine, you know, Tuesday mornings, I read read the newsletter. First thing I do when I wake up and whenever I have a chance to do a long run, I'll listen to the morning shake up. Well, that means a lot to me. Uh, that's high praise, again, coming from you. I didn't come here looking for high praise, but I appreciate it just the same. I'm taking myself out of the hot seat from here on out. I'm going to go back behind the host's mic and be the person asking the questions and getting out of the way. So that can be about the guest. But thank you for guest hosting this 200th episode of the Morning Shakeout podcast. It was fun to you know, go down memory lane a little bit and just sort of talk through the evolution of the show and where we plan on taking it moving forward. But for guest host, Chris Douglas, I am your (laughs) guest and usual host, Mario Fraioli. Thank you so much for listening to this 200th episode of the Morning Shakeout podcast. A big thank you to our sponsors for this episode, Tracksmith, Born in Boston, forerunners, by runners. Check them out at tracksmith.com. You will not find higher quality running apparel, more authentic experiences, or compelling storytelling than from the folks at Tracksmith. If you buy anything at tracksmith.com, use the code MARIO22. When you check out, you will get free shipping on your order, and 5% of your purchase will go to the Tracksmith Foundation, which will help make track and field more accessible to more people. Also, a big thank you to Precision Fuel and Hydration. They are the best nutrition and hydration products on the market for endurance athletes. I really do believe that. You can go to precisionfuelandhydration.com, take their free online sweat test, and use the quick carb calculator to figure out your needs. You can also, on precisionfuelandhydration.com, make an appointment with someone on their team to talk about your individual nutrition and hydration needs for training and racing. Definitely recommend taking advantage of that. If you use the code TMS22, when you check out, you'll save 15% off your first order at precisionfuelandhydration.com. Also, before we wrap this one up, a big thank you as always to the aforementioned John Summerford, Audio Ninja for this show. Makes every episode sound clear and amazing. Also, thank you to Jeff Stern for handling the social media at the AM Shakeout and to you, Chris Douglas, for handling sponsorship sales and all kinds of other stuff. Guess those days. <laughs> You're the utility man of the morning shakeout and I really appreciate it. Um, 
If you want to support the show, easiest way to do it, go to Apple Podcasts or I believe Spotify mm -hmm. as well now. now. You can leave a rating and a review. It helps new listeners to discover the show. really means a lot to me. You can also check us out on Patreon if you want more, you want to be part of our community. I have a weekly podcast there that I put out with Billy Yang called The Weekly Rundown. He and I catch up about what's going on in our lives, but also what's happening in the world of running. I also put out via Patreon, a monthly Coach's Corner discussion. We're three in so far for 2022. They have been really, really popular. Again, like continuing education for me <laughs> yeah. as a coach. I'm a little more involved in those conversations, but just incredible like tactical takeaways to become a, a better coach and to better help your athletes. So you can check us out there at themorningshakeout.com slash support. That'll take you to our Patreon page. And for as little as a buck a week, you can have access to all of that stuff. I think that's all we got. On behalf of guest host Chris Douglas, <laughs> I am Mario Fraioli, and thank you so much for listening to the Morning Shakeout podcast. Thank you.